I will never forget her smile. I strode into her hospital room the day after Christmas. When Mom looked up from her bed and our eyes met, her face broadened into a smile that was pure joy. Little did I know that it was one of the last memories I would have of her. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. We gather together each day at 11 Central here on Relevant Radio to offer some love, support, and encouragement for your ongoing walk with Jesus today. I'm your host, Patrick Conley. It was December 26th, 2016. My 90-year-old mother had just endured brain surgery for a bilateral hematoma she had suffered from a previous fall. The surgery had occurred that Christmas Eve, so needless to say, our usual Christmas traditions were thrown into chaos. Still, I'll never forget walking into her her hospital room on the 26th and seeing that beaming smile. Well, later that day, medical personnel came in to remove one of the remaining drains from her head. As they did so, Mom immediately winced in deep pain and started crying out. Something was wrong. And in a flash, the room was filled with doctors and nurses My dad, himself a longtime physician, looked on with a grave look. I could tell he knew the severity of whatever was happening. Mom was intubated and whisked away in her bed. Sometime later, and I couldn't tell you if it was minutes or hours, the surgeon came to us and explained that somehow the removal of the drain had caused new, deeper bleeding in Mom's brain. He could try to go back in and repair it, but he gave her about a 50% chance of just surviving the surgery. And if she did survive, the recovery would be much longer, much more arduous, and probably never a complete restoration of mental or physical health. Knowing Mom's wishes, we made the impossible decision to let her be, make her comfortable, and let her enter eternal life in peace. Mom died the next day, December 27th, the Feast of St. John the Beloved. Now, I know I'm not alone in having to go the loss, undergo the loss of a loved one, especially in this late time of the year. I also know that for many, the holiday times, traditionally time together with family, can be especially difficult when beloved family members and friends are notably absent. And that's why today we're talking about grief and loss. Here to guide our thoughts Our prayers and our discussion is our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley. Father Michael is a Dominican priest serving parishes on the West Coast, and currently he's the pastor of St. Dominic Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Father Michael, welcome back to the program. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Good morning, Patrick. I'm delighted to be here with you as always and and all of our listeners, but but also to really um, kind of uh, dig into this topic of of grief and loss because it's it's so real, it's it's the fabric of our life, and yet... Um, sometimes we can either avoid it or we can let it uh, overwhelm us. And so I think mm-hmm. there's a, just a, such a beautiful aspect to being able to enter into the joy of the season, but while still being able to kind of reckon with its loss. So it's a really, it's a, it's a complex, con- kind of complicated uh, reality, but it's so human. And it's, yeah. it's, it's the reason Christ came. So it's of the season for sure. 
Yeah, amen. And that's exactly what we want to get into. But it, it there is something about this time of year, isn't there, Father? I mean, it just makes it seem a little bit more palpable, a little bit more present to us when we're facing the loss of a loved one. And uh, and again, many people, this is the time of year that they pass into eternal life. I was just uh, remarking on this yesterday here because um, uh, in, even in our own um, Dominican community, uh, within family members, there's there's just been a, a wintering, so to speak. It's you get into these uh, short uh, daylight hours, and it's almost as if uh, nature itself is, you know, receding and dying, and kind of the, the life is ebbing. And it's it's true even in in our human our, our humanness too. So I think I think just as a pastor, I every time. Around this year, we do have, I would say, proportionally more people pass away in the winter uh, than any other time of year. I've never actually, I should probably, it'd be interesting to look at the statistics on that, but I, I would be, I would not be surprised. I would not, I'll just put it that way. I wouldn't be surprised to, um, to, to hear that, that more people pass away in this time of year than any other time of year. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it can be especially hard when we're gathering yeah. as family and, uh, and even I remember then that 2016 when my mom passed away and, you know, I, I so much look forward every year to Midnight Mass um, at mm. our, our beloved cathedral where we were parishioners. And it was just such a beautiful, that was kind of the pinnacle of my Christmas season. And knowing that, well, it's just not going to be possible this year. There was, there was just so many different things. And yet at the same time, I'm so consoled by the fact that, of course, the whole reason, as you were saying, Father, the whole reason that Christ came was to give us hope in the midst of all this the, the suffering and death and to redeem us into a reconciled relationship with God that promises eternal life, which is something that I think we want to focus on today as well. Absolutely. I, I think you just to even uh, put a further point on what you're saying, I think these times of year, uh, anywhere from Thanksgiving all the way through Christmas and the New Year, we really celebrate through ritual, don't we? We we have, like you said, the midnight mass, we have we eat certain foods, we yep. gather and exchange gifts. Like there's a, a it's almost like you celebrate it through a kind of both uh, sacramental ritual, but also just I would say a cultural ritual we have. And when we're missing folks who are partic- usual participants of that <laughs> of that ritual, it seems like mm-hmm. there's diminishment, right? Well and there is diminishment there. And so it's 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 um it's the uh, uh, somehow we to be able to enter into the season, even if our rituals are changing, even if the people around us are changing that way. And that's why Christ wants to be present in all of our lives and all of our families. Yeah. And I think before we get into all the consolations of God that are available to us, especially during this time of year as we're facing grief and loss, I think it, it's worth mentioning and worth pointing out that uh, this this wasn't in the initial plan of God, right? I mean, that, that uh, this, this, this suffering, this grief, this loss, this death, all of these things were um, things that were resultant because of our of our turning away, of our turning away from He who is life Himself. Absolutely, no. There's it, God did not. God created us, and He created us to live forever. So yeah. death was not, if you will, part of the quote unquote original plan. Um, and so this is why we and we know this because Christ speaks of this, and in fact acts in this way. He's he's troubled at death. He actually becomes it's one of the times where he exhibits uh, anger <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. frustration. He groans inwardly as he's churned up. Um, and so yeah, it was not part of God. Did God in a sense didn't uh, plant it, didn't create it initially. But when uh, our free will was exercised towards self and not not God, we know in the very first pages of Scripture. Um, then we suffer uh, death, and that's the consequence. The wages of sin are death, as St. Paul yeah. says. 
Um, and so we just have to, in a sense, recognize that this isn't what God originally intended. But, and this is a beautiful thing, he's given us human mechanisms. He's built into our DNA a kind of, just like we have a, an immune system for our body, right? So even, if, even though we were built to live forever, our body can still kind of heal itself. That's what, that's what medicine does, to activate right. our immune system. So too, there's a both psychological and spiritual immune system <laughs> that he's built into us. And grief is actually part of that, I would say, psychological and even spiritual immune system that can be activated towards healing. So even though it wasn't God's part of his original plan, he's built in us (laughs) a kind of healing power or resonance or immune system, as I say, in order to be the um, process by which the entry point, the portal to be healed uh, from loss. And that's a that's a fantastic point as we're talking about it. And I, I guess just one more question too before we get yeah. into that, because I do want to explore that. But um, specifically, do you think that because um, this because this wasn't part of the initial plan of God to uh, to enter into these things of grief, loss, suffering, death, all these sorts of things, that um, that maybe we shouldn't necessarily go too far down the road of trying to make sense of it. I mean, it seems like I'm not saying that our human minds don't want to reach out and try to make some sort of logical sense to it. But I guess it occurs to me that if that if this is a resultant factor of us turning away from God, then it's also a resultant factor of us turning away from he who is his intelligibility of reason is, is, is intelligence himself, right? And so I guess making sense of it, putting the blocks all together just so it comes, oh, okay, now I get it, that that's not something that necessarily is promised. Absolutely. This is just a fantastic point you're making. I think I should interview you, Patrick, today. This is great. No, it's, no, it's, it's fantastic because it's, it's um, especially when we've lost a love. And I would put, just to be clear in our, our verbiage, so sin and death is, is, is if you will, the, what's experienced, if you will. And then sorrow and grief is our reaction to it. And I think those are, I don't want to lump those two together because sorrow and grief, are, even though they're negative things, are actually part of the, uh, the immune system that heals. But okay, so sin yeah. and death, yeah. when you're talking about sin and death, just loss per se, um, yeah, there's, there's a mystery there that if our expectation is to figure out why it happened. Like I, every time I, we had our mercy night here last night, a huge event to do confessions, and it was just a beautiful moment. People returned to the church. It was so beautiful. And and when, you know, you, you're talking to folks, and they're like, you know, it's been so long. Why did I wait so long? And, you know, it's just kind of like, I, and they're like, I don't really know. I know there was some fear, some trepidation, but there's no ultimate. We have excuses. We might give, quote, unquote, reasons, but there really is no there there when it comes to, to sin and death, as you say, the intelligibility, there's, it's a lack of something. It's the absence of something rather than the presence of something. So when it comes to facing sin, our own sin and the death of loved ones, and even our own mortality there, if our expectation is to understand it, we will always be frustrated because it's trying to understand. It's like trying to understand darkness or a shadow. It can only truly be understand understood in the light of the object that is casting the shadow from, or the light that illumines the presence that is there. So in the same way that you wouldn't be frustrated in not understanding darkness or a shadow, we can't have the expectation as during this moment of sin or during this moment of trying to wrestle and reflect on death, there, we don't want to waste a lot of energy in trying to quote unquote figure it out. And even, and this might we get into maybe a little later, but 
I really think it can be this limited value in trying to find the silver lining on why some bad thing might have happened in our life. I mean, that only will go so far because, first of all, we don't have access to providence and the full plan. But secondly, oftentimes there's just no there there. It's it's just it's absence. It's yeah. the result of if you will. And so, like you said, it's just a really important pastoral point to make right out the get-go is not to seek the why, <laughs> the reason to happen, why did this have to happen or what is, but simply to seek the who, that is <laughs> the presence of God, the presence of love, the presence of the one for whom we are grieving or sorrowing and so forth. Amen to that. Not the why, but the who. Not right. the why, but not the, the who. Not the why, I would like the, to put it. the who, yeah. Yeah. Excellent, yeah. excellent point, and uh, and I do appreciate the point you made too about um, that grief and sorrow is part, as you put it, part of the spiritual and psychological immune system, which we're going to get into. Just let me uh, open the phone lines up here too for our callers, listeners. If you are facing uh, grief, loss, uh, maybe you're facing loneliness right now in your life because of a loss, and especially around this holiday time of the year, how do you deal with that? If you have tips to give, or if you have questions about it, how can I deal with this? What is a good way of approaching this? Then give us a call on our toll-free studio line sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. That number is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. You can also send us an email if you'd prefer. Innerlifeatrelevantradio.com is our email address, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Father, yeah, let's get into that a little bit um, about grief being part of this immune system. So grief, grieving, is then actually uh, a help, a, an assistance from God that we're given. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. I, I just, I just, I share just a very brief story. I was, this was even before I was ordained that we do a kind of ministry, oftentimes as part of our training formation, where we assist at a hospital uh, and just provide pastoral support as we're able. And I remember being, as she did mine in Salt Lake City, and I, was, I walked into that to a hospital room once, and the person had just uh, passed away. And uh, the, the person, and this is not to cast a stance on any particular religion, but, but uh, the pastoral minister who was there, their elder, was um, in the midst of, uh, obviously, the, just the very present <laughs> death of this person, was saying, oh, well, isn't it wonderful that this person is now with God and is, you know, celebrating with all the angels and everything. And so they were saying what they were saying was not untrue. They were saying true things, but they were perhaps the most unhelpful things, at least from my, my, my experience, in saying, in other words, there's no way to go immediately from the experience of separation from a loved one or even separation from, from God in, in other ways we do that and go immediately to the hope that's promised through the incarnation, the death and resurrection of Christ, there has to be a process where human beings, just as if we aren't saved or lost in a moment, this is why we're not angels, we have the whole life of our journey, <laughs> that loss is so devastating, it's so traumatic, that God gives us time, and we need time in order to heal. And so to try to circumvent that and go right to the end, it's, it's kind of trying to like cheat the system a little bit, so to speak. In other words, it's trying to circumvent it and God, grief is good. Sorrow is good. It's God's way, inbuilt, natural way, in order to process, alert, you know, allow things to heal and to be able to come and then better appreciate the hope that we have. In other words, if we go right to the end, so to speak, we wouldn't be able to receive the fullness of what he has for us because we wouldn't have been able to process and truly be, we wouldn't have the same capacity to receive what he wants to give us if we haven't healed yet. 
Um, and so grief is, is, is uh, in a sense, the most powerful thing that God has given us for dealing with the most traumatic uh, situation we could have, that is separation from loved ones, separation from our own health, separation from God. Grief and sorrow bring us to a place of being able to be capable to receive the fullness of, of presence again. And this is why it's in the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are Sermon on the Mount. They're that life plan. They're, they're, they're mm-hmm. if you will, the schema for all healthy, holy, and happiness living. Blessed are those, or happier are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So it's right there in that, in that one line is that mourning and whatever other um, uh, synonym you want to give for that grief, uh, sorrow. Blessed are those who experience, enter into that journey, a psychological and emotional journey of, of loss. <laughs> Why? Because they will experience the fullness of the presence of the one who created them and created everything. <laughs> and they will be comforted uh, and accompanied by our Lord. So that's, that's what we need to do. We need to enter into the morning, first of all, into the grief and allow it to um, heal us as, as, yeah. as the Lord wills. Um, well, we've got a lot more to get into with that. But again, we're talking about grief and loss here on the program today. If you are dealing with the loss of a loved one, perhaps that's happened recently for you, or perhaps it's happened some time ago and you're wondering, how do I, how do I pr- proceed from here? How do I let God heal me in this and, and uh, through it? Give us a call. Our number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlife at RelevantRadio.com. We're going to take our first break, but we'll be back with more of the show, talking about grief and loss with our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, right after this. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash UDallas. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio, on RelevantRadio.com and the Relevant Radio app. And speaking of both, Christmas time is here as we're listening to that music play in the background and the Relevant Radio app. We have a special Christmas gift for you. It's a brand new update to the Relevant Radio app. So before you head over the river and through the woods for your Christmas travels, make sure you download our updated app. As always, you can listen to our live shows, but you can also find podcasts of all your favorite programs. And now you'll be able to jump ahead with easy-to-navigate chapters and listen on autoplay. It's perfect for you to binge listen while you're driving over the holidays. You can try out the best of the week segments of the Saints series from the Mary Beggars. There's so many awesome features to discover. Download or update your app from your app store or from our website at relevantradio.com slash app. We are talking today about grief and loss and entering into that, especially around this holiday time of the year with our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, priest from Pacifica, California, and currently the pastor of St. Dominic Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Father, let's go to the phones. We've got Tom who's calling in from Torrance, California. Tom, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Thank you for taking my call. Um, 
I uh, my mom passed away in on January second of this year, and it's made it very difficult. But uh, I've joined a uh, grief and loss program, which made it which made it really nice, you know, because everybody was was uh, in in the same uh, boat, if you might might say. Yeah, no, Tom. That, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. And what was it? Um, it sounds like you were able to find some kind of support in that in that group. Is that would that be right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Was there a particular a particular aspect of that group that you found uh, to be particularly supportive? That everybody uh, uh, had, had grief and loss. Yeah. So there's, there's kind of the shared really experience nice. of you knowing know, you're not alone. Right. Yeah. God, God bless you. Yeah, no, that's, I think you make a wonderful point, Don, because it's sometimes when we are separated, when we, you know, you're talking about losing your mom, and it's, you feel like you're alone. There's an isolation that feels. Uh, and so to know that you're not alone is so tremendous. And to connect with people can, is part of the, part of that healing process. I'm, I'm delighted that you were able to find a group, and you, you had the courage to do that. A lot of people don't uh, they, they don't take that step out. It's difficult to step out. So I'm glad I'm glad you were able to do that. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Tom. And indeed, may your mother rest in peace. And we uh, will pray for the repose of her soul and pray for you and your ongoing grief and loss. And uh, but that's what we're talking about today on the show. If you have experiences to share, if you're wondering how to deal with it, give us a call at triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. How are you dealing with grief and loss in this holiday season? Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. And Father, Tom's call really does bring up this this sense of consolation that is offered through others with similar and shared experiences, and certainly that is a great help. Um, but let's start with some of the consolations that come from the Lord Himself in His presence. I'm thinking of some, you know, some scriptures. We'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for why you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. And Jesus Himself promising, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you that there is something that is to be acknowledged there about the Lord, maybe especially present to us in these times of grief and loss. Absolutely. It goes back to what we were saying earlier about that the promise isn't that he was going to take away grief and sorrow and these emotions, which feel so heavy. He doesn't remove them. He simply walks with us and carries them with us as we go along in life. In other words, the promise isn't the removal of that, but that he will, he will carry it with us, and he will carry us with him. And so it's, it's the promise of presence, that we're not alone, rather than the kind of elimination or the, uh, the promise uh, of just taking stuff away from us. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's a beautiful, it's, it's, it's a it's beautiful consolation to know that even in the midst of our, our sorrow, the, the walking through literally the valley of the shadow of death, um, that he's with us <laughs> and he's, he's, he's got our back, so to speak. He's, yeah. he's present to both, to both to, to um, allay the fear and to the, all the other threats we might think would be devastating us, but also to, to comfort us. And ultimately, the, I love that, how that psalm ends with him uh, setting, um, setting a great meal before us. So these these uh, holidays are, are a lot of times revolve around meals, right? <laughs> the yeah. shared meals and, and yeah. that, that particular foods. And to know there's a particular... Um, heavenly banquet with particular foods that is going to be, if you will, the eternal <laughs> ritual of, of communion, of union with one another. And so he promises not just, in a sense, his presence, 
but the presence of all those who are connected to him in a kind of communion, in a kind of great heavenly banquet and feast. A tremendous promise. Yeah, it is a tremendous promise, which, you know, the consolations and the comfort of the Lord, I think one of the things, too, we can we can see is that, yes, he is there, he's present, he will comfort, he will console. That doesn't necessarily mean that all the sorrow, as you were saying earlier, Father, that that's going to go away in an instant, though, yeah? Yeah, and, and in fact, um, I would say it would, it would not be, it, it would be bad if it went away in an instant. I yeah, mean, I'll be bold. Yeah. I'll be bold. Okay. Here's a hot take. <laughs> I like if, it. If you could push a button, if you could push a button and say, I choose to go through the sorrow, or I just want to kind of eliminate it or fast forward it, it would be, and we, let's just say we had, you know, we, we, we're in science fiction right now, <laughs> spiritual science fiction. I could either fast forward <laughs> or I could experience it. Right. It would be worse for, God has made it clear to us in the way he, he deals with us in his providence works. It would be worse. We would be worse off or we would not be able to have the capacity to receive the unique presence he wants to offer us if we were simply to fast forward through the grief and the sorrow and the mourning. Like the morning is necessary. It's it's the if you want to go back to the immune system, it is the medicine, <laughs> the psychological and spiritual medicine that we are built for as human beings in our DNA, in our nature, so to speak, to grieve for what has been lost, to mourn yeah. for that which has been separated. And if we don't do that, if we somehow take it away, we're actually less human. <laughs> we're less of who God created us to be, even though we didn't intend separation, death, and loss. He's given us the capacity to self-heal. And when I say self-heal, I mean we have from within us those processes that elevated by God's grace and presence um, are able to heal us from within, uh, not mm. from simply exterior. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, no, it's, it's it, I, I mean, even though it's, and this is not what I would say <laughs> pastorally speaking to the first person, but it's, it's a, you don't have to, as you mourn, feel bad about feeling bad. <laughs> right? yeah. You don't have to somehow say, I, this is terrible. I need to just get over it or I need to move on. I mean, things that I think our culture just says, oh, time to move on, time to, you know, you can't put a timeline on it, right? <laughs> you need to right. enter into the process and you need to just, you have to, I mean, it's part, it's part of the process. And to, to try to cheat the process and go back to that, that I was saying before is, is, um, is not healthy, it's not human, and it's not what the Lord wants for us. Mm, that's those are important reminders from our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, who is taking us through a conversation on coping with deep grief and loss um, in this time, coping with sorrow in our lives, and and how do we enter more deeply into that so that the Lord can show us His presence and help us to heal. Next up is an email, Father, that's come in from Maria, who writes, "Good morning and God bless. We lost our dad last year after Thanksgiving." And she says, "My brother lived with him for over seven years, and it's been very difficult mm-hmm. for him to cope." So she's asking if there's anything you would recommend to do. She goes on to say that he thinks, I don't understand how he feels. I'm just trying to help him. I feel bad, and but I'm acting like I'm strong. So any suggestions for Maria, Father? Yeah, I would think the first thing to say is kind of what we were saying before is it's, if his timeline is different than your timeline, that's okay. In other words, I don't think the goal should be to try to help him get over it. But just to let him know, the goal is just to let him know you're there for him, <laughs> whatever he needs. Just like the Lord doesn't take away our sorrow, but says, when we're in the valley of death, I'm at your side, right? So I think that the first thing to say is that when we're trying to be helpful to those who are grieving, and even particularly, it sounds like she's certainly part of that grieving process, we should, uh, in a sense, being strong doesn't mean getting the person <laughs> to where we are necessarily. It just means being present to them to accompany wherever they are 
on the journey. That's the first thing to say. Um, and then, and through that, then I think in terms of just practical things, I think anything that brings us out of um, a sense of isolation, because what, once again, what grief and loss can do is consist of separation, anything that keeps us separated from others or from God, right? So connecting with God to make sure there's a um, encouraging, uh, you know, just a, a healthy, robust prayer life. And when people say, Father, I'm so sorrowful, I'm so grieving, I can't pray, I, I say, oh, absolutely, you have, you have, you have the stuff of, of uh, you know, 50% of the Psalms is, is right. crying yeah. out of longing of things. I mean, don't think a negative emotion keeps us from prayer. That's the very basis of all prayer is Lord, Lord be with me. Lord, help me. Lord, I'm reaching out to you. So yeah, don't, don't waste that, that, that sorrow. I mean, with, sorrow can be either, you know, turned toward God or it can turn just inwardly in a way that becomes isolating. And so I would say if, if that's present to try to encourage a pray, you know, healthy prayer life, of course, the sacraments, oftentimes in these, in these instances, um, and just, just, we just know this, that there are things that we wish we would have done or we blame ourselves or we blame someone else. So there's, there can be things that we need to experience forgiveness for, not just a psychological sense of loss, but there are ways in which we even haven't acted in the way we wanted to, or we're, we're still hanging on to grudges, especially if it's family about past um, human relationships or human uh, things that have happened in our family, because family can be, of course, it's the means of our salvation, but it can be messy. But so in other words, to make sure as you go through grief, that you experience the full forgiveness for what needs to be forgiven, to unburden yourself that way, to receive the Lord's mercy. And then finally, to, to, um, to reach out and just let the person know, I think Tom made a great, uh, most parishes, including our own, have a kind of grief support group or, or resources to say you're not alone in this. And it's just comforting to be part of a group that says loss is real and, and how are you doing with it? It's not, it's not an expectation of getting over it. It's the um, solace and the comfort of knowing that you're not alone (laughs) and there's others who are here and we're going through this journey together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a, that is a great, uh, great advice, Marie. I hope that's helpful. It's certainly helpful to me as I'm thinking, I'm considering people who are also undergoing loss at this time and how to be, how to be present. And I, and I love the repeated thing that we've been coming back to again and again with, yeah, uh, timelines can vary in terms of grief and sorrow and to be respectful of others' timelines and not feeling bad if our timeline doesn't match up with somebody else's. So grateful for that. Let's go back to the phones now. Blanca is calling in from Ceres, California. Blanca, thank you for calling The Inner Life. God bless and welcome. Good morning to the both of you. Um, uh, I just wanted to say um, that what got me uh, through it, my dad passed away like 20 years ago. And I know it still hurts, you know. Um, but I just wanted to say, you know, that Acceptance, acceptance. You know, I, I, I accepted. You know, the fact that he was not. You know, that he was gone. Um, we're here for a little bit, and you know, and when we're gone, you know, we're gone, and, and you know, while we're here, you know, we should, you know, um, love each other, show each other that you know that we love each other. And you know, I just. I just want you know, like I, I just wanted to say that you know, just acceptance. And I, I accepted it. You know, it, it still hurts when I think about him because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get to say goodbye to him. I never, I never um, told him that I loved him. 
you know, and I wish I would have. That's the only thing that I, you know, that still kind of bothers me, that I wish I would have told him that I loved him. God, God bless you, Blanca. I, 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 even though you say it's been uh, some time, 20 years, I, I'm, I was really sensing that that loss is still, you're still, you're still feeling it. And you said you've accepted it. Um, and as you say, you, you didn't get a chance, at least while he was uh, with you physically, to, to let him know that you loved him. Um, I might suggest, though, to you that um, the Lord says he's a very beautiful um, uh, saying when he says that God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the God of the living, not of the dead. And so if we, if we truly believe, and this is going to that great promise that we're headed towards, is that your father is still alive in Christ. And so it is possible uh, to, to let him know <laughs> how much you love him, <laughs> especially when you uh, receive, I assume you're Catholic, but when you receive the Eucharist, <laughs> because in the Eucharist we're in communion with the body and blood, the resurrected body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're part of, and part of that resurrected body of the blood of Christ is everyone who also we have the hope of sharing in that resurrection. So there's a, there's a beautiful line in the catechism I often quote that says, our prayers for our beloved departed make their prayers for us effective. Uh, and so just to let you know that um, whatever, uh, whatever's troubling you about not having said in the past, I love you, that the opportunity is never lost because God is the God of the living. And so even, even right now, you can, you can say those words to your dad that I love you and live in that hope that he can love you and you can love each other right now, especially through that faith you have in Jesus. And especially, and I'm, I'm going right to the heart of everything, especially when you receive communion to receive our, when you receive, this is what I want you to do. The next time you receive communion, and I hope this is a helpful suggestion for you, but if, and I'm certainly assuming that you're, you're practicing Catholic here, but if you receive our Lord in the Eucharist, to unite yourself to the Lord, to welcome into your heart as you receive him, and then as you receive that, to tell the Lord how much you love him, and then tell your dad how much you love him, and then open your heart to receive both your, our Heavenly Father's love, but also your dad's love in the same way. Oh, man. Blanca, our prayers are with you, and I hope that's really helpful to you. It's really helpful for me, and I'm going to do the exact same thing um, with my late mother. May she rest in peace the next time I receive communion. So, Blanca, I really do hope that's helpful, and we are talking about grief and loss today. Thank you for your honest call, and uh, thank you in the midst of your suffering, in the midst of your grief. I hope you know that uh, God is with you and God is helping you, as Father Hurley has been telling us again and again, that he's with us and he's, he's using that grief, using that sorrow to help heal us. We are talking about grief and loss today here on The Inner Life. If you would like to ask a question of our spiritual director, Father Hurley, if you would like to uh, maybe share some tips on how you have dealt with grief and loss in your life, Give us a call at 888-914-9149, again, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to head into our next break, but we've got more of the program coming up after the break. Again, if you'd like to, if you'd like to get on the air, give us a call at 888-914-9149. We'll be back right after this.
Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Welcome back to The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Thomas Engesser taking your phone calls today. Again, if you missed it, uh, and hopefully you did not miss it, but we've got a Christmas gift for you. It's a brand new updated app that you can download from your app store. Lots of great new features that you'll find on the app. You'll have access to detailed descriptions of daily podcasts and videos, as well as a live memorari meter counter that updates in real time. Of course, there's still the extensive library of prayer resources with both written and audio prayers, so you can help enrich your own prayer life that way. And to make it even easier for you to navigate the updated app, we have a short one-minute video that will walk you through some of the new features. And to access that video, just click on the main article in the app or on our website, and that article is titled, The Best Catholic App Just Got Better. So check it out and download it today. We're talking here on The Inner Life today about grief and loss. This is a time of year when many of us are facing that, and it maybe becomes especially potent during this time of year. Our spiritual director is Father Michael Hurley, our Dominican priest, who is the pastor of St. Dominic Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Father, um, lots of great stuff that we've been talking about already, but I tell you what, let's go back to the phones. Uh, Many people have been calling in, and let's see if we can get as many in as possible here. So Mac is calling in from Austin, Texas. Mac, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling. Thank you for what you're doing. Uh, Just listening to you guys uh, on the car. So, uh, you know, I I need sound advice. Uh, I lost my mom now, you know, a year, year and a half, two years ago. And uh, it just uh, you know opiate epidemic, and uh, she she had a lot of medical problems, and I ended up you know missing. She she sent me that text while I was sleeping from work, and uh, she knew I wasn't gonna get it in time, you know, and I ended up finding her. It, it screwed me up, you know, more mm-hmm. than. I I had been to Afghanistan. That that was nothing, you know, compared to finding your mom. I'm like, I don't even want to say. That's why I, I, I gave my name as Max. It's embarrassing. Like, the rigor mortis, too, that, that, that's what screwed me up, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. But, I, but I'm trying. I'm trying. I, uh, yeah. She left. She left me something, you know, me and my brothers. Uh, that was the whole issue. You know, I I just walked away. I didn't didn't care about the money at the time. And I bought a trolley, a, a bright red trolley. Uh, hmm. I turned it into, it was, it sounds silly, but soft serve ice cream and uh, hot chocolate during the winter time. And it did great during the winter, just a lot of unforeseen things in Texas. We ran out of money. And I got interviews with SpaceX, so I flew out. And I'm, I'm looking at the stars like, God, what do you want me to do? It makes me happy to be able to serve people. And, and, but I didn't make it about the prices. And it feels like I'm yeah. being boxed in. I, 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 I just wanted to make people smile, and it was so much healing. 
while I was doing it. Now I'm I'm making well uh, trucks at a at a famous factory here in Austin. Um, well, Mac, let me let me cut in uh, just to, just for the sake of time and everything. I'm grateful for your call, and I'm so sorry for your loss of your mom in that way specifically, and that you had to go through the. Uh, yeah, the experience of finding her. Um, I know what that's like, my friend, my brother. I know what that's like. Um, but Father, any any thoughts from Mac, especially in in the midst of such a tragedy? Absolutely, it sounds like Mac. I mean, certainly sorry for your loss. Absolutely, and I think there's a way in which, as you as you you're talking about, kind of what you're doing now. You you got a trolley, the soft serve ice cream, and uh, in other words, you're you're trying to be of service to others, and somehow that's the way in which you're. Um, memorializing your mom and i would say once again you can talk to your mom you can you can if you can ask her to be if you will be a quote-unquote patron saint of your your endeavors that you're doing now in other words you're not just doing something for her or at least in her memory but she she's with you as you're doing it we once again god is the god of the living and so as you you mentioned maybe perhaps uh challenges that come up you say all right, mom, <laughs> help me to do this. You know, of course, you're always, we're always talking to God. He's the one who's blessing everything, but, but he does that through our, 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 the relationships he's given us. And so she can be part of whatever, whatever project you're working on. It sounds like you've got some meaningful projects. She can be part of that experience, especially through your, the prayer life and in the faith we have in our Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mac, thank you for the call. And uh, yeah, if you haven't, if you didn't hear the beginning, the opening of the show, I think the whole show could be really helpful to you as well. So go back and listen. Relevantradio.com slash inner life is where to find that. But uh, yeah, definitely. Thank you for your call. And um, you are in our prayers, brother. Let's go now to Charlie calling in from Los Angeles, California. Charlie, welcome to the inner life. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much for this, uh, taking my call. Yes, um, I was looking forward to this um, this show uh, when I heard it yesterday. Um, my daughter was killed uh, five years ago. She was 22 years old. She got killed by a drunk driver. <clears throat> and um, she was my, my first child, my mini-me. Uh, we were very close. We, we went to Mass. Uh, she loved going to Mass with me. She did all her sacraments. Um, she's very close with her little sister. Her little sister's 13 now, and she saw her as a mother, and she struggles very, very much. She's not doing well in school, and and um, she misses her, her big sister very much, and um, she also leaves a daughter behind, uh, which her little daughter misses her very, very much. And my question is... Um, you know, I, I thought this would bring our family together, but closer, but it brought us really far apart. And even, you know, a divorce, um, I've been on my own since her death, you know, not much support. And I, I just feel stuck. I, I feel stuck. I don't feel like I'm ever going to be normal again. And I have to be that strong man for, you know, for her sisters, you know, for her baby. But I, I just feel like I'm never going to be normal again, and um, I just wanted to share that. Gosh, Charlie, no, you, I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss. I mean, that's I can't um, imagine a parent having to uh, to bury uh, their their own child in an untimely way, and 
and I'm, I'm sorry to hear as, as well as it hasn't really brought folks closer together, but but kind of separate them farther apart. That's uh, certainly can be the, the reality as, as people try to process and and uh, take time. I, you mentioned a couple times that you said you'll you'll never feel normal again, um, and that's absolutely the truth. And I guess my my suggestion would be to not to try to hold out as a standard what normal is. In other words, <laughs> in other words, all of us, as you're experiencing this, shouldn't put an expectation that uh, of any particular thing other than what's been promised us. And that is that we were promised eternal life, but we're also promised that on that journey to eternal life, that we are mm, supported by our Lord and that there's nothing, there's no separation on this earth that is too great that we can't find ways to remain in the presence of the God who loved us and the loved ones in our lives. So when you talk about being strong, I would say I wouldn't I wouldn't worry so much about denying the um, or trying to get over that sense of loss, but just kind of almost leaning into it and and just being strong in the sense of naming the sorrow, but also of um, reaching out in love to those who are really struggling and it sounds like yourself too so if there's i hope you you've been able to find support in other ways maybe a support group or or um through the church or uh, through friendship um in that way because you you can't do this alone and especially if family is is, is kind of fractured you want to find a way that you can be as you said strong you're available to whatever family come you know if, if they at some point want to seek that help with you as well yeah Charlie, thank you again for the call, and thank you for um, your vulnerability, your openness, and our prayers are with you as well. May your daughter indeed rest in peace. And uh, let's take, let's try to squeeze one more in here, Father. We've got Diane calling in from Wisconsin. Diane, welcome to the Inner Life. We've got just a, just a little over a minute left, so over to you. Okay, thank you. Um, Father, I lost my husband less than two years ago, and we were married for over 45 years, and well, you can imagine mm. the grief that I've gone through, but mm. what I'm struggling with now is the loss, not only of him, but of the vocation that I treasure mm. of being married. So yeah. do you have any advice for someone struggling with that? Absolutely, and that is that even though your vocation was to him, he's, once again, he's still alive, you can still activate that through his person. In other words, he's gone ahead of you to help you in that great hope for and, and asking him to help you to find how to specify the particular vocation you have now as uh, as, as as a spouse. Uh, in other words, the, the marriage is not lost. The, the, he's still helping. The, the point of marriage is for you to get each other to heaven. The great hope is he's there, and now he can be all the more helpful to you now. So lean into that relationship all the more. I like that. And Diane, uh, was that is that helpful? Do you do you, is that a helpful uh, bit of advice from Father? It, it is. I mean, it's helpful to me that I I know that I am really a, no longer a, a married person. I mean, not really on this earth, and so I just struggle with that loss mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. as my you know missing my husband, of course. Uh, of of course, yeah. No, that, that that's absolutely true. But I'll I'll put it this way that. Even though you're, you know, you're no longer, you know, married because he's not here. I would say in a deeper way, you are connected in the Lord um, for the goal of marriage. In other words, part of the goal of marriage is to be with the Lord forever. And your prayers for him and his prayers for you are 
in a, a kind of a transition phase, if you will, to that. And so, in other words, I wouldn't, uh, how could, I wouldn't emphasize the, certainly you feel the absence of the relationship, but there's a way in which it can actually be helpful as whatever the next stage of your life looks like. That relationship is changed, but not lost. I'll put it that yeah. way. Yeah, that's the great promise of Christ and eternal life, right? Is that, uh, in fact, those who we consider as lost here on this earth, that uh, there is that promise of of reconciliation, of reuniting with them in a more powerful way, even than marriage, um, with the one marriage, the marriage of the, the Lamb and His Bride. Diane, thank you for the phone call. My apologies to those we weren't able to get on the air. Thank you for listening, though. You can always listen to the whole show again at Inner Life, excuse me, relevantradio.com slash Inner Life. Father, may we have a blessing from you before we go, please. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you for those experiencing grief. May He wipe every tear from your eyes to find that place where death will be no more. There will be no crying nor pain for former things that passed away. And may the Lord bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Coming up tomorrow on the program, we're going to be talking about celebrating Christmas as a Catholic with our spiritual director, Father Richard Hermes, with us. Up next, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Stay tuned for that. Until next time, grace and peace.